Hi, I'm a Wilkes. I'm a Nelson. I'm a Grop. And I'm a Spute. And we call ourselves the Wings. It's an acronym. We are just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation under His wings. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. The Prophet Joseph Smith declared that, quote, The work of these last days is one of vast magnitude. Its glories are past description, and its grandeur insurpassable, end quote. Now, grandeur might not be the word you would choose to describe these past few months while dealing with COVID-19 and all Mm -hmm. the other challenges (laughs) in the world. Yeah, I know it's not for Mm -hmm. me, for sure. But the Lord has said that in these last days, peace would be taken from the earth, and calamities would befall mankind. I think we can see that Mm -hmm. happening all around us, right? So how are we supposed to deal with these somber prophecies, but then also the glorious pronouncements about our day? The Lord told us how with simple but stunning reassurance, if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Now that's a promise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's one that can literally change the way we see our future. So let's talk for a minute about how we see the future and what we can do to prepare for it. So today our discussion is going to center around President Nelson's last conference talk in October 2020, and his talk was entitled Embrace the Future with Faith. You know, Jerry, we've seen so much change over the last year, Mm -hmm. not only because of the virus, right, but changes in our country. I know Many people feel like their personal freedoms are being threatened and things that I never thought I would see in our country are happening, Yeah, right? With the riots and different things, some of the censorship on social media. I don't think we could have imagined years ago what what those difficulties were going to be. Even two years ago. Oh, I think... We've been watching things on TV, you know, whether you watch a show and you're seeing this huge crowd at a um, a graduation or you're seeing... um, football games where there's this whole packed stadium and they're showing a repeat of, or just a movie where they're showing that you're like, Oh, remember when we used to be able to do that? It seems like seriously, are we ever going to get to really be that way? I mean, again, I I don't know. I know. And that's what makes it so hard to really have any sure vision of what our future is going to look like. So, um, if preparation is our key to embracing our future with faith, I think it'd be good to take a minute and let's talk about how we can best prepare. I think that we can probably learn some lessons from Captain Moroni in the Book of Mormon. He, along with his men, faced opposing forces that were stronger, meaner, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think more fierce. I don't remember yeah. the exact wording there. Covered in blood yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those forces were greater in number. And isn't that how we often feel sometimes when we look at the things that are going on in the world today? We feel like those forces are, are so great yeah. and yeah. overwhelming. Sometimes it seems like the evil influences are so much stronger and so much greater than anything we could ever counteract. So go ahead. I think with the evil influences, lately though, I've been listening to a lot of people's personal trials, struggles, sicknesses. Oh um, yeah. You know, financial. I mean, it's it's evil, but it's also not just that. It's the mortal experiences we're having seem to me 
to be getting greater. Greater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Especially right now as we're dealing with COVID and people really are dying. Yeah. I mean, and... Moroni goes into those those wars and he talks about all of that there. But I'm wondering the backstory, you know, that's mm-hmm. the that's the main thing they're saying. But what's the faith tr- crisis they're having in their mm-hmm. own personal life? You know, yeah. we don't know that. But that's, that's interesting. Think, mm-hmm. Interesting to think about too. We learn from Moroni that he prepared his people in three essential ways. First, he helped them create areas where they'd be safe. He called them places of security. Second, he prepared the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord. And third, he never stopped preparing his people, physically or spiritually. Okay, so that kind of helps me figure out, yeah, they're thinking about physically, but let's go to that first one, that spiritually one, you know? I mean, that's that's how I can think really important to think about. Um, President Nelson pointed out, because, you know, as he says, quote, um, as turmoil rages around us, we need to p- uh, create places where we are safe, both physically and spiritually. So when our home becomes a personal sanctuary of faith where the spirit resides, that's our first line of defense. Yeah, I love that first line of defense. Haven't we felt that? That's where we can kind of come back and feel, okay, I know I can control this environment right here. Yeah. And I thought it was <laughs> Can <so> you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can control the yeah, the yeah, room maybe my, my own personal space. Yeah. Can I completely yeah. control what's going on in my home? No. Nope. Yeah. As the water came through <laughs> to your basement yeah. recently. Or you wonder yeah, what the kids are doing in the in the home. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, that's that's so true. And I, let me just interject because this is something I have been feeling so much lately that I am so grateful for learning recently that I don't have to control my mm-hmm. kids. Right. I don't have to feel the burden for their sins, for their, their mistakes, for, for their choices. Mm-hmm. I don't have to carry that. Do you know how how wonderful a feeling it is to finally let that go well, and realize we? that I can just, is I, if I'm building a safe place for me, then I can be a safe place for them to come. The mm-hmm. Savior's already carrying their burdens. Mm-hmm. And oh, I don't yeah. have to do that. And that's the safe place. I feel like if we can create our own lives to be that safe place, then other people, you know, then our kids can feel that safety in our home. Right. right. Well, and right. of course we, we set the standards in our home, but we should never try to control another human being. No. Well, I and think therefore, aren't we like trying to keep unrest from you know, yeah, and happening. so that's where we, I have felt the battle within, I need to control yeah. the rest. Come on, everybody. And then there's unrest, yeah. unrest, unrest. No, no, no. But yeah. their internal, their, their internal unrest, I can't control. Right. 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 You know, so right. where my peace is internal is that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Good points. Yep. And I, I, to go back to President Nelson, I liked how he even compared it with Captain Moroni. Out of all the people in the scriptures that, and he said in the women's conference um, session, be ever preparing like Captain Moroni. He didn't mm-hmm. just prepare one time, but he was constantly preparing. I love that. So that's one thing that came to me. And we also see um, in scripture that Moroni fortified every Nephite city with embankments, forts, and walls to create places of safety. 
So let's talk for a minute about how this translates into what we have tried to do in your homes over the years. So the things that we do in our homes, I think number one, Jerry, you just said it a second ago, recognize you don't really have, you don't have to take that burden on right, yourself. Right. But man, we went through a lot of trying to figure out how yeah. to um, just teach things to our kids, help them to figure things out. I know Especially that. Especially when they're little. Yeah. That's know? what I'm saying. You definitely have greater have yeah. control yeah. when they're yeah. young than yeah. when yeah. they're teenagers and you're well, an adult and you wonder what's playing in their beds yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you only allow certain kinds of music in your home you know yeah <laughs> exactly well, i remember when we used to have our kids just um like back to that unrest i don't know why that's in my head right now but you know <laughs> if there was like fighting or uh, just discontent and you could hear it and you could just feel that especially when they were younger we we're trying to to mm -hmm. make them bond and i remember one of our parent our, our parenting um mentors, Carly and Tanner, yes. she would say how important it was to help those kids realize why they were put in families, you know? Um, so when we had pushbacks against our family rules, we would let them know that, uh, hey, you guys, we're, we're in a home to figure out how to get to get along together so that we can figure out how to go out in the world and get together, learn how to get together. So you guys are fighting right now. I think you need to learn how to get along. So let's put you on a project together. And, um, so I'd make them, I don't know, make cookies or do a puzzle. Um, here's my favorite one. I would have them fold several laundry <laughs> baskets of clothes and you know, that helped them realize that whether I enjoy being around you, I still have to be around you. If we work mm -hmm. on something together, there's a cohesiveness there. You're accomplishing something together. There is a finished product that you can enjoy together. And there's a self, uh, you know, a sense of self-satisfaction as well as a group satisfaction. And I know it didn't always <laughs> be perfect, but yeah. I liked that it's concept. Parenting. I know she said once she put them in a double t-shirt and they had to stick together <laughs> <laughs> or a light, large t-shirt. No, I didn't ever try that, but <laughs> I used to have the kids hold the hands and they'd have to go sit on the oh. hearth by the fireplace and okay let's hold hands until we can get along and yeah i i don't know if that would be considered good parenting but it worked and it did only work? took oh totally really? <laughs> yeah they did, I would not, think they did not want to sit and hold hands with the person they were mm. mad at you know it only took a time or two and and then if I ever heard the kids calling each other names or saying mean things about each other i'd then say okay nope that's not allowed in our home. I want you each to say three nice things about that person. Yep. Look for the good. Yes, <laughs> that always I, helped you. I love that. I and love I know. that. We I think that. some of us who might be listening, like my first reaction was I almost rolled my eyes, but then I'm thinking, no, no, no. Seriously, if they had to say three things, it made them think. Maybe it was, you know, flippantly said, oh, yeah, you have nice hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Whatever, but I think still you're setting a precedence, mm -hmm. teaching a practice, recognizing yeah. when that thing comes into their head down the road. Oh, I've been taught I shouldn't think that. Yeah. Here's three things. Yeah, yeah. Like no put downs. Just no. give them a put up. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and, and you can teach them how to work out the difference. Right, everybody's right. going to have them, but you don't need to get mean uh -huh. when when you're working out your problems. And right. that's and that's yeah. that's, that's what we help them work them. through it. Yeah. That is, 
That's right. You know, our kids will still tell stories about our repentance bench because <laughs> I had this bench in the house and I just one day I put a sign on it and it said repentance bench. And that's where they had to sit together until they, you know, until they worked things out. And, um, of course they had to hug and say, I love you. And <laughs> then, um, something happened to that bench when we moved. I can't remember. And then I had this little one that my husband had made sort of just more of a decorate decorative mm -hmm. bench. And it was really teeny tiny. And, um, we'd moved and the kids were fighting one day and we hadn't had the repentance, repentance bench for years. And I was just so frustrated. So I went downstairs and found this bench that was like kind of tucked downstairs after we moved. We just kind of stuck it in the basement. I brought it upstairs and wrote repentance bench on it and um, made them sit. And now they're bigger, right? Mm -hmm. And so they could barely squeeze <laughs> two of them into that bench. It was perfect because I'm like, I can't even sit here. And so it was pretty funny. But um, they knew what the repentance bench was for. And, you know, we, and we still laugh about it. It was, it was hilarious. Um, but, you know, we kind of did the same thing. Sometimes they'd have to wash windows or make cookies mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. But, you know, those are bonds that were formed. They didn't love it at the time. But I think it's like we said, just teaching them. Those are the fortifications that yeah. we're building every day. And they change, you know. Yeah. And I think sometimes those fortifications that we were trying to build, those walls or embankments to keep the evil out were things like, you know, being careful what kind of shows we allow to be watched in our home or music that we listen to, you know, trying to put some protection on the internet to yeah. keep our kids safe from some of the awful, ugly things that are out there. And Well, I think sometimes right now it's how much time they spend on those things. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. um, well. I know Joey has a little cell phone that he, you know, an old one that he can use while we're at work because we, Kaylee, his mom, and I work together. And he came up to me the other day and said, Grandma, can you fix this? And it had said, you've reached your time limit. <laughs> and I thought, see, I was really, yeah. really thinking, I wish I had that. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. It, it's important that we do help them understand why is there a time limit on this? Why right. can't I be on it all day long? Mm -hmm. And start having that protection because it, it really does protect their idleness or whatever yeah. helps them redirect yeah. and come up with something else that way. So, yeah, I remember Carlene saying, you know, make sure your kids have time to play together. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I, I remember trying to do that. Sometimes we had, we had what we called no friend time and that was kind of hard with their best friends right next door, you know, right. Didn't but, you have a, um, a mailbox and you would put a flag on it and the kids I had a flag out yeah friend. I think you that's did. when the yeah. kids would know they could come, they could come and over. ring the doorbell if right. there was a flag up right. I loved that idea well yeah. and I, I just heard somebody the other day say with COVID having to stay home they're like my kids actually play together now mm -hmm. right. and I and it made me think about Carlene you know that wisdom of you know make sure they have time together to play and that now I think people are finding that their kids really do like each other I you know, know because they've been kind of forced to be with each other but but they're getting along better. I know that our kids will talk about their most favorite family um, times. And the one thing they can always, it's, it's universal is when we would go to a place where there wasn't any internet. Now they didn't say that was why, but they would say, Oh, I, when we used to go to the cabin and I thought, why? And it's mm -hmm. because honestly and truly that was the only place, no outside thing could come in. Come there in. wasn't any TV. There wasn't any, 
cell phone coverage. So they had to play games and we watched videos because, you know, right. they had those, but they had to decide on what video to watch because there was one TV. And, <laughs> um, you know, it was uh, be creative about so many things. And they have story after story after story. So know. that was a protection that they can pull. And, you know, right. I think it bonded our family. Right. And it's not something that can be a 24-7 thing, right? Mm -hmm. We know we have TVs in our house. We have computers. We have phones. And I think it's creating, like we said, creating those fortifications, making those moments mm -hmm. that they can draw back on right. is important. Even though, you know, and I don't think taking all the TVs out of our house or the internet, and you know, yeah. Yeah, can, be the, can be the answer. It's not, a, not realistic. No. President Nelson mentions that the stakes of Zion are also a refuge from the storm. Because they are led by those who hold priesthood keys and exercise priesthood authority. As you continue to follow the counsel of those whom the Lord has authorized to guide you, you will feel greater safety. And then, of course, you have the temple, the house of the Lord. It's a place of security, unlike any other. There we are endowed with priesthood power through the sacred priesthood covenants. There, your families are sealed for eternity. Even this year, when access to our temples has been seriously limited, your endowment has given you constant access to God's power as you have honored your covenants with him. That reminds me of a quote that I just recently read from Elder Bednar. Um, it was in an article cause he, uh, about how a lot of the temples are starting to move into phase three so we can start going back a little more often. Haven't we missed that? Oh, my um, gosh. Yes. I know I have. But um, he said, we do not come to the temple to hide from or escape the evils of the world. Rather, we come to the temple to receive the power of godliness through priesthood ordinances that enable us to confront and conquer the world of evil. Wow. Okay, so think about, in my mind, fortification meant put a wall up. And so then you thought, okay, I'll go into the temple where I'm having the wall and I'm being in a safe spot. No, no, no. He's saying the fortification is on your spiritual life. You yes. become more fortified with more strength, more power, more guidance from heaven. Endowed. Yeah. Endowed. With and power. I think that's why President Nelson says even more important than temporal preparedness is our spiritual preparedness. And that's why. Yeah. So that we can have the Holy Ghost with us. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. be, have that power right. with us. But it's through our choices yeah. that we make. Um, President Nelson also says that a place of security is anywhere you can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost and be guided by him. When the Holy Ghost is with you, you can teach truth, even when it runs counter to prevailing opinions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked earlier here that what we've done in our homes to keep it safe, whether it's the internet or... Um, or TV or whatever we're doing in our homes. And I've always felt like, and we've mentioned this, that, you know, you don't have control of what our kids are listening to or what they're watching or what they're doing, but we do have control of ourselves. And that's what I've had to come down to is that I can only be in control of myself, of what I watch, what I listen to, and... 
Well, don't you think that that helps your spirit be in tune so that you can then say something's wrong with this child? Yeah. And then and I you can, can be drawn. help that person. Yeah. I know yeah. that, that that's one of the most important things is you'll be able to watch more and you'll be able to see and you feel the spirit say something's not right there. Yeah. And you might walk in on something that you needed to walk in on to stop for the, or just get your eyes, I don't know, just opened a little bit to what's going on around you. No, we can't control everything, but when we're listening to the Spirit, we can have a tendency to be right where we need to be to help a child when yeah. they need help. Yeah, for sure. Oh, years ago, um, so my husband, especially at the beginning of our marriage, he always worked in the evenings, and I would be home with the little kids by myself, and... One night, I was a little bit fearful, and I was saying my prayers before I went to bed, and I could picture in my mind being in the MTC and how the stories about the warriors on the outside of the MTC protecting the mission training center, and that thought came into my mind, or that picture came into my mind of how they can be outside my home, not only protecting me physically, but spiritually, and I've always had that image that these warriors are protecting my family, I love you that. know, and yes. tried to have that image in my mind. Yeah. We're learning more about the protection that we can have, that we can call upon those um, angels to right. be around us. Yeah. President Nelson's been talking a lot about um, priesthood power and how yeah. women especially need to understand that we have the priesthood power mm -hmm. within us because of our endowments. Well, thinking about that, um, I know that my daughter was having a really difficult experience and she needed help. She was completely isolated. There was nothing and nobody could go help her. Um, and I and this is when she had COVID? No, mm -mm, this was years ago. When oh, she, years ago. Okay. She was actually, in, um, yeah, but anyway, she had gotten herself in trouble. And so she was isolated away from people and she could, we couldn't get to her, you know, it was 24 hours. We couldn't go and help her. And, and, um, so we had one phone call and, um, I just said, you can pray. I will pray right now. You can make yeah. it through. Yeah, you and I remember, yeah, I remember praying very fervently that she will have angels around her. And she's told in a former podcast that we had that she was able to, that was one of the first times she'd ever prayed in a lot of years. And she prayed and was able to sleep through the night. And that was a testimony to me. I could literally call on angels. Um, really quickly, there was a time when I had splashed a whole bunch of hot, hot water on my neck. No one was home. I was making something. I had guests coming. And I had a sterling silver necklace on. And that sterling silver necklace just with that hot water conducted or whatever you do. And it was just, I mean, I immediately ran and grabbed ice water, you know, just flushing my body. It was horrible. I knew I was going to blister. I mean, it was boiling water and I had nobody. I didn't know what to do. I kept that ice, ice on me, put silver, all that, but I knelt down and I knew that I had that power because I had just studied about it for months because President Nelson told us as women we needed to understand our priesthood power and I couldn't get a priesthood blessing but I knew I had the power to call upon the priesthood power to help heal me and you guys remember mm -hmm. I do yeah. remember that it was healed I had a little red mark that was it there was no blister and the next day you could not see that red mark at all that testified to me absolutely yeah. And you couldn't have done that unless you were doing your work 
to have the Holy Ghost with you, to have that priesthood power. And I think to understand I had faith in that blessing. Yeah. I had faith in the fact that I knew I was endowed with Which priesthood is power. Exactly. Right. I just, it, it was life-changing. I was so grateful I knew that. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So we've, we've talked about the first principle of creating places of safety. Let's talk for a minute about the second principle, which is to prepare your mind to be faithful to God. I heard this quote recently, and it really it pounded home to me the need to spiritually prepare yourself so you will be found faithful in these last days because we know it's just going to get harder. Our faith is going to be tried even more than it ever has been. And President Harold B. Lee said, unless every member of this church gains for himself an unshakable testimony of the divinity of this church, he will be among those who will be deceived in this day when the elect, according to the covenant, are going to be tried and tested. Only those will survive who have gained for themselves this testimony. Well, I know in my studies this week, um, my faith journey has taken me to a verse in Matthew, the one where the bridegroom says to the five unprepared virgins, I know ye not. And then it was clarified in the Joseph Smith translation as ye knew me not. So I, I was like, oh, you know, and I was feeling a little apprehension um, about my own preparedness. So this really hit me as a cause of deep spiritual introspection. Um, do I only know about the savior or am I increasingly coming to know him so that my faith in him is unshakable? President Nelson um, in his talk, he says, the Lord taught us how to increase our faith by seeking learning, even by study, and then also by faith. Time we resist entertainment or ideologies that celebrate covenant breaking. We are exercising our faith, which in turn increases our faith. It, it does make you stop and think about some of the entertainment we choose, doesn't it? Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. Because those what are ideologies that yeah. are against our... What we're covenant. watching yeah. on TV or movies or Netflix or whatever. I mean, it's easy right. in our own mind to say, well, yeah, I, w I would never, I would never live that way or make those choices. Yeah. But to still, to watch them. And you know, there's a, there's a song um, that... I, I, I listened to, um, can't remember. It's a country song and it's called, I learned it on the radio. And, you know, he's talking about all the fun things, how to make, you know, turn a cookie or whatever you call in it car. in your car and, yeah. and how to talk to a girl and, you know, mm -hmm. but I thought, oh my gosh, it's just made me think so much about what my kids music is, what the music is that they listen to right now mm -hmm. and what they are learning from the radio. Right. And, and I think, well, yeah, I would never do that. This is yeah, a fun song. Yeah. It has a fun beat mm -hmm. or but, whatever. But we're learning here that, that if we resist that type of entertainment, then mm -hmm. that we're, we'll actually strengthen our faith, right? Right. That's what we're President preparing Nelson our mind, told right? us. Yeah. Right. And you know, uh, for me and, well, for all of us, the, the Lord has told us and the prophets tell us that immersing ourselves in the scriptures will... Um, build our faith like nothing else. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, like why, why that's so important to build our faith. And it's because everywhere we see in the scriptures is, is something about God's power, right? What he can do in our lives. And 
really no other book testifies of Jesus Christ like the Book of Mormon. And as Latter-day Saints, we, we have a program called Come Follow Me where, where it's sort of broken down into scriptures that we read each day. Um, and right now we are studying the Book of Mormon and we're right at the end. And I know that all of us have seen, you know, the how the end of the Book of Mormon or how the Book of Mormon has kind of gone just right along with the things that we are going through right now. It's been called like, the Latter-day Survival Guide, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just, it was written for our day and we can see it. Um, and, but I thought, you know, the scriptures teach us that, you know, life is, life can be hard. And we see that, you know, you see the children of, of um, Israel leaving Egypt, leaving their places of security to go into the wilderness and, you know, being chased. And, and, and then they come to the, this ocean where they're like, what, what, okay, what now? You know, mm-hmm. wh- it's a dead end. There's nothing. Why did God do this? And, um, and it's at that very moment when we feel that utter destructions upon us, that the Lord opens the, the way, right? He, he mm-hmm. parts the sea and he destroys their enemy. And over and over and over again, we read that in the scriptures, and that is what fortifies us, right? It's, it's those those things that we see over and over again that our lives are hard, and sometimes we feel like we're just at the end of our rope, and and then that's when the Lord steps in. But and, He didn't step in until He put His foot in the water, or until mm-hmm. we take some kind of an action right. to help fortify. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Take, that's what faith is: is an action. Right. To do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just love that. And, um, so do we, do we have enough faith to take that step? I, I think we do every day. I mean, yeah. we're just trying. Well, and I think yeah. Satan wants to say, no, you don't, no, you don't. But See, you know, but you haven't done this today. Right. Or, you know, but the children of Israel, the little thing. they were yeah. following a prophet, right? right? They didn't, they didn't step into the water. They yeah. did step into the water, didn't they? I think I've ter- I've heard that or and anyway I know that the that Joshua when they were trying to cross the river they had to take that first step into the water before okay. it would part. Okay. But I'm thinking uh, uh, there's just times I mean we see that um you know that God will will ease sometimes he'll just ease our burdens. Absolutely. And I guess by actions I'm thinking Okay, I'm choosing not to watch that movie. Right. So that I can have the spirit with me. Or I'm choosing not to talk that way or be negative or, you know, just choices that we make every day that helps the spirit to be with us so that we can be fortified. Right. 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 And like you said, Jerry, sometimes he will lighten the burden and sometimes he will strengthen our backs so that we can carry, carry it, right. the heavy burden and all those things we learn from reading the scriptures so immerse yourself in the scriptures every single day because you will see your life played out in those scriptures right as you do and sometimes as we make the choice to read the scriptures as Marlene is just mm-hmm. talking about it won't be the actual words on the page but you've put yourself in that position that's opened your mind and heart to the spirit 
And then it can speak to you in other ways that can help strengthen you and fortify your faith and help you face whatever test or challenge it is that's in front of you. And of course, our ultimate security comes as we yoke ourselves to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Life without God is a life filled with fear. Life with God is a life filled with peace. I know that's where my greatest feeling of security and peace come from. Just knowing that the Lord has seen me through some really hard things over the last five decades. I know that he's going to see me through whatever lies ahead. I like that. Yeah, and, and like Connie said, it's not just knowing about them. It's, it's how do we really get to know somebody? We spend time with them, right? So we can spend time with our Father in Heaven in prayer. We can spend time with our Savior as well. Sometimes it's time spent in the scriptures. Sometimes you want to pray about how you can personally spend time with him. But he wants to spend time with you. So you, so, so do that. I, I challenge everybody to pray about that and, and follow whatever inspiration you receive because they, they are our rock and our strength mm-hmm. through all of this. Mm-hmm. And then principle number three that we wanted to discuss today is never stop preparing. Even when things went well, you know, we saw that Captain Moroni continued to prepare his people, even in the good times. Mm -hmm. He never stopped. He never became complacent. The adversary never stops attacking us, does he? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Therefore, we can never stop preparing. The more self-reliant we are, temporally, emotionally, and spiritually, I think the more prepared we are to then thwart Satan's relentless assaults that just keep coming after us day after day in so many different ways and so many different directions. So we're going to switch gears here for just a second and um, and talk about that third area of preparedness, which is, um, which is the temporal preparedness. You know, we talked... Uh, last week, well, at least in our last podcast, um, how we would have taken Joseph from e- of Egypt from that pit, right? Mm-hmm. We, we would just tried to save him. Um, but the Lord used him to save an entire nation. And as he translated Pharaoh's dream, he saw that there would be years of plenty and years of famine. He didn't just say, okay, there's hard times coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they prepared. Yeah, they took action. <laughs> yes, yeah. He helped Pharaoh devise a plan. And that plan meant that they would take what they had in the good times and be frugal and save for the time that was coming. And because he did this, it says mm-hmm. that there was bread mm-hmm. in, in the house. So my problem is I wanted to know seven years of prep and then there'll be seven years of famine. And I doubt the Lord told him specific numbers. Right. But well, because were, seven just means really, well, yeah. it just means complete. But I mean, complete. don't you say, okay, right. we're going to go through this and then yeah, we're going to have this many years. Yeah, I just, we don't know. No, we don't. So <laughs> right. prepare. They need to work. We need to work. We do it. Well, and since we were young marrieds, we've, we've all been prepping, right? Mm-hmm. We, three of okay, you out of the four. three of us have been prepping. <laughs> and we're not going to say who the fourth was that was. We won't the... tell. <laughs> but some of us used to go to the cannery together, <laughs> and we devised food storage plans together. We prepared 72-hour kits together. Um, we would even get the cannery thing that seals the number 10 cans, whatever it's called. And we would bring it home and we'd seal cans. We'd get everybody together and we'd seal all these number 10 cans. 
And we were pretty young and mostly poor, Mm -hmm. but we all felt really strongly that we needed to obey the prophet and do our best to have a year's supply of food. So, you know, we struggle with that. And um, it's just what we were asked by the prophet to do. And President Benson, I think we all took this to heart. President Benson said that, quote, in the last days, having a supply of food would be as important as boarding the ark was for Noah's family. Mm Mm-hmm. And that might not be the exact quote, but something like that. (laughs) Um, And so in our minds, our perspectives were we were going to be prepared for whatever great calamity was sure to come because the prophet could see that, right? Right. So we stored our food in our little houses and we stuffed it under our beds and the kids slept on it and it was in the garage and in our crawl spaces, (laughs) wherever we could shove it. I remember getting into your crawl space, Marlene, and trying to get when you moved and getting all that food storage out. out. (laughs) It wasn't easy, but, you know, as we budgeted, we just budgeted it in, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, because we've been told over and over throughout the years not to go into extremes, you know, go to the extreme or into debt, right? right? In order to obtain our food storage, but, but that we do need to make a plan and get started. So I know that at times when things were really tight financially for us, that sometimes that meant we just picked up an extra can mm-hmm. of food or soup or tomato sauce, right? At the yeah. store to add, to our supply, but it was amazing how over time, those few extra items added up. I know, I know for me personally, I'd love to go to garage sales. And so on Saturdays, I would often, before I'd go out, I would say a prayer and I would ask the Lord to help me recognize things that I was going to need for preparedness purposes. And you know, I can testify that he did. That's how we got our sun oven and our big volcano stove and and some of our cold winter supplies so, and just so much more. I, I'm that's that's cool, Sherry, because I always used to think, how does she know what she needs? Because I'd just go to a garage sale and think, you know, <laughs> okay, what do I need? What do I need? But I love that you said that you you prayed because I didn't never know that until I just figured you said I need a doghouse and I and, and then you went and you found it because that's what you well, did there too. Were, there were times I know there were times I would ask the Lord because I didn't for know what I things. needed. Right, but, yeah. but I love that. Adelaide. You just asked Him to help you recognize what you needed. Yes. Now I know yes. your secret. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved. I had an experience where I had an experience where. Um, we babysat this family while the parents went out of town. It was like for seven days. So we got a substantial amount of money at that time. And I really wanted to use that money to paint our house. I thought, I don't want to use it to get food storage. Mm-hmm. But we did. We did use it to get food storage. But we still had some left over to still paint our house. Mm. Oh, it was a that. really cool testimony. That, that Just is awesome. Be obedient and you'll still... Yeah, what I, you want. I'm a firm believer that, yeah, if you have that desire to follow the prophet and you make it a matter of prayer, and because you know that the Lord will help us to accomplish whatever it is that he yeah. needs us to do and that he's asked us to do. I loved how Elder Waddell put it in his talk, There Was Bread. He said, quote, The Lord does not expect us to do more than we can do, but he does expect us to do what we can do when we can do it. As President Nelson reminded us in our last general conference, the Lord loves effort. Oh, I hold on to that. You guys know really that as you're talking, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, he loves effort. I he know, does. It, but 
I, it really was relieving to hear that because it isn't something that came easy to me. And I still, to this day, struggle with it. So to listen to you guys, know that you've been as prepared as you are. You're having these experiences. I haven't. I'm not perfected. You know, I am a perfectionist. So I get debilitated the minute that I think of something so vast as that. So I used to shut down. Um, but I have felt God's mercy and grace. So with that thought, that was, I think, said for me. Because he loves effort. Connie, just yes. make an effort. Um, so just in granting me hope that I'll be supported in that was just so good. Yeah, you will. You'll be directed. And it doesn't have to all be done at once. It doesn't. Mm-mm. There is no, no perfection in it. Yeah. Because I think the needs of each family is Are going different. to be different. Mm-hmm. So there again, you sink personal revelation, right? I mean, yeah. there's some basic guidelines of things that you can you can get or buy. or mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that's an individual thing. So we've kind of transitioned into um, Elder Waddell's talk um, in this last general conference. And he says, being temporally prepared and self-reliant means believing that through the grace or enabling power of Jesus Christ and our own effort, we are able to obtain all the spiritual and temporal necessities of life we require for ourselves and for our families. We need to act in wisdom and order, which implies a gradual buildup of food storage and savings over time, as well as embracing small and simple means, which is a demonstration of faith that the Lord will magnify our small but consistent efforts. The most important step of all is to begin. There you go. Yeah. You've, you've well, got your garage ready. You, oh, you've did. put yeah, the insulation in and you've got a storage spot. True, so you have begun. Yeah. Well, and it was that, just that conference word that hit my heart, the Lord loves effort. And I thought, okay, there we go. So I have sort of just tried a little bit and I was drawn to this um, Instagram post I've been following. And I think that's, what's cool is you can find some things that, that help you to know how to do it because I know I have books, you guys, I have so many files on food storage and I really have, but I, I, I have always put it in a file and put it away. So, because I couldn't see how buying 25 pounds of salt was going to help me today. That <laughs> yeah. didn't seem smart to me. I mean, right. I just couldn't see it. Right. I couldn't, especially for somebody who doesn't cook a lot. I didn't realize how much salt you really could go through right. or sugar or flour or whatever. But this internet site showed you it started so basic. I mean, okay. So for those of you who are listening, who are like me, this was revolutionary because it started with a two week so the first day, and we're going to put this at the yes, I'll put a link, like yeah. our link. Yeah. But it started with two to two uh, two weeks supply. So you have a two weeks um, listing of food. So you make a, a a menu, okay? So I mean that's how basic it was. But yeah. I needed that. This was okay. So what are you going to need for day one, day two, day three, through the seven? Okay. So I made up all those and I stuck them. I went and bought it all and put it in my storage. So I have two weeks. So if we ever needed to house up and we didn't know what I have it, I have it in my freezer. I have that much meat. I hit it down so that I always know I've got this many pounds of, of hamburger stashed away for our two week. If I ever have to dip into it, then I will, you know, I mean, it's everybody, you guys have all, you're rolling your eyes, but this is the basic. So we're not, none of us are rolling our eyes. (laughs) So it goes from two weeks. This is a six month program that this, this Inklings group um, had, and I'll tag it to our um, website, but it's Inklings Institute on the, uh, on, you can go to Instagram and watch their videos. So starts two weeks, then it goes two months, then it goes six months. And I mean, we're talking basics and it was doable. And I cannot tell you that's the first time I felt this huge relief because I have 
at least two weeks. Now I do That's have my awesome. year supply. Don't get me wrong, you guys. It's under mm-hmm. it's in my food store. I, I mean, it's underneath my house. But right. I'm talking. You're talking about real food, real food, what I'm using, how I'm at right Right. And so, and, and, and that's the thing it is, it's, it's satisfaction. And, and for us, you know, we were like, okay, we got to get that food storage. We got to get it built up because something bad is going to (laughs) happen, you know? And so, you know, we've been prepared and all these years gone by, you know, and no, no great calamities have happened yet. Right. We, all of us suffered some sort of financial crisis in our lives, each one, each of the four of us, and I'm sure many people listening, and we ended up living on that food storage for Mm -hmm. a time. And I, um, we were, we were so grateful for it, but I remember at first using it, feeling really nervous, like I'm not supposed to be using this. (laughs) I'm supposed to, I I had this fear that I wouldn't have it when I really needed it. Isn't that funny? And now I can laugh about it because now I really understand the Lord's purpose in, in food storage. It's for mm. that exact moment that we had, a, had financial difficulties and we needed it and we used it for exactly what the Lord intended it for. Mm-hmm. And it's hard times. And I am certain that there are many who have lost income due to COVID and they've been grateful that they listened and heeded to the prophet's continual warnings to prepare and store those basic necessities. Yeah, I think, speaking of COVID, I mean, I know that's when we got into our our supply of toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. so grateful. I was for so toilet grateful. Paper. I had toilet paper stored. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes. Me too. Yes. For sure. Well, when you talk about it's not the calamities, but it's the you know financial strains or whatever your family might go through. Years ago, and this is kind of such a silly little story, but it was huge at the time. Um, We had some financial situations going on where we were living off our food storage and I would take, we would just spend a little bit each week for produce and dairy and that's it, maybe $50 a week. And, And this one time I was going to go do the dishes and I didn't have any dish soap. I thought, oh my gosh, I need to wash my dishes. And I went down to the storage room to think, I've got to have some. And I didn't have any, but I started looking and here was some old dish soap that I think my husband got it from his parents or actually his grandparents. This (laughs) box had a picture on it of like the 50s. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, this will work. It was just this powdered dish soap. And no expiration dates. No. And I still have that box (laughs) so that if I ever need it again. But but I love it because it just is a story to me and it reminds me that you were prepared. And because they prepared, you had it in your hour of need, right? Yeah. It was such a little thing. I mean... Yeah, oh, the testimony that becomes a big testimony. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So, in conclusion, um, we'll end with President Nelson um, quoting: "I am not saying that the days ahead will be easy, but I promise you that the future will be glorious for those who are prepared and who continue to prepare to be instruments in the Lord's hands." My dear sisters. Let us not just endure this current season. Let us embrace the future with faith 
Turbulent times are opportunities for us to thrive spiritually. They are times when our influence can be much more penetrating than in calmer times. I promise, he goes on to say, that as we create places of security, prepare our minds to be faithful to God, and never stop preparing, God will bless us. He will deliver us, yea, insomuch that he will speak peace to our souls and will grant unto us great faith and cause us that we can hope for our deliverance in him. As you prepare to embrace the future with faith, these promises will be yours. End quote. I love that. And I too testify there is such peace that comes with preparedness. And so until next time, May we all stay safely under his wings.